If you're a veteran or military spouse of an early stage startup or small business, you've come to the right place. Welcome to The Transition. We demystify the entrepreneur experience for veterans and military spouses who've already made or are looking to make the transition from the military and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the voice of The Bunker. I'm a Marine Corps veteran, social entrepreneur, and member of the Bunker Labs branding team. I figured I'd start off this episode with a quote from one of my favorite authors, Peter Drucker, in his book, The Effective Executive. Drucker says that one can truly manage other people is by no means adequately proven, but one can always manage oneself. Indeed, executives who do not manage themselves for effectiveness cannot possibly expect to manage their associates and subordinates. Management is largely by example. One of the hardest things for us to learn as entrepreneurs is how to manage ourselves. At any given moment of any given day, we're constantly wearing multiple hats and having to set what can feel like competing priorities, both for ourselves and our team. The demands of the daily grind don't stop because of our family obligations, health issues, or the loss of our loved ones. And if you're like me, you're constantly trying to find ways to hone in your productivity and efficiency, reading countless books, listening to podcasts, and watching videos. My personal daily productivity is nowhere near where it needs to be, but I'm constantly working on improving it. I've learned some things along the way, which is why for this episode of The Transition, I've decided to host an office hour session where we break the traditional interview format and bring on subject matter experts within the Bunker Lab ecosystem to share actionable tips and advice you can apply to your business today. For this office hour session, I've decided to pull back the curtain on my own personal entrepreneurial journey by bringing on my former Bunker Labs colleague, Gabriella Bell, CEO of OrganizeQ, which provides virtual assistance to industrious executives and business owners in order to help them be more successful while also helping military spouses and other underemployed individuals fulfill their professional aspirations. Last year, I reached out to Gabby to hire a virtual assistant. It was a big decision for me, but something I knew I needed to do in order to escape the hamster wheel of constant email communication, scheduling, and other daily administrative tasks so that I could focus on my most important work, such as setting the vision for my company, creating content, and positioning us for long-term sustainable growth. To be quite frank, I never envisioned myself as someone with a virtual assistant. I didn't think I could afford it, and I made every excuse in the book to justify to my business coach why I refused to hire one. Fast forward to today, I've been with Gabby and her team for almost a year and have no intent of looking back. Since then, I've gone on to hire multiple contractors to fulfill various roles within my for-profit and non-profit ventures, but Gabby and her team were actually my first hire. So uh, working with them actually gave me the confidence and created a network effect to allow me to hire other, vendor, other vendors. Gabby and I have gone through the growing pains of effective delegation and execution, which we'll discuss on today's show. Again, this is me pulling back the curtain on myself and my company and using myself as the guinea pig for some peer-to-peer learning today. This episode of The Transition is brought to us by the MetLife Foundation and their commitment to supporting veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs. In addition, the foundation also provides mentorship and financial health resources to veterans and military spouses transitioning into the workforce. And if you haven't subscribed to this podcast yet, do me a favor and go ahead and hit that subscribe button. I'd also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes and shared this show with others in the veteran and military spouse ecosystem. My personal goal is to impact 10,000 veteran entrepreneurs and military spouses, and this is too big of a task and I can't do it alone. So if you can help us get the word out, I greatly appreciate it. And as always, I hope you enjoyed today's show and that it accelerates you on your own entrepreneurial journey. Gabby, welcome to the platform. What's going on? Oh, thanks so much, Mike. Um, I'm doing well. Thank you. I really appreciate being here. I'm excited to to talk with you today. Yeah, it's uh, super excited to do this office hour session with you. You know, one of the things we do here on the podcast is we do a lot of interviews and there's a lot of takeaways from different people's stories, yours included. But one of the nice things about office hours is I want this to be an opportunity for us to give our listeners some actionable advice that they can walk away with. And uh, one of the reasons I want to bring you on the platform today is your knowledge as an SME around helping executives like myself mm-hmm. uh, manage the chaos and and run our businesses effectively. Because as great as it is to come up with an amazing vision for a venture, at the end of the day, somebody's got to set up the systems that operate it day to day. And I know I've gone through some growing pains with it. You've seen a lot of CEOs deal with similar growing pains. 
And so I think you'll bring a lot of knowledge and insight to our audience today. Oh, well, thanks so much. I I do appreciate that. You know, um, being the founder of Organized Q, where we provide virtual executive assistant services to small business owners, executives, and social impact organizations, um, having that um, privilege to be able to, to work with individuals who are you're doing great things, whether that's building their own um, exciting venture or, you know, being in a, a, a top leadership position with a, another organization um, that they're running. One of the things that we have found is that when it comes down to it, what people really want as um, a sounding board, somebody who can help them along their ways and, you know, kind of via a, a sound check, you know, if you will, making sure um in working with with these individuals, making sure that we have a clear understanding of what their goals are and their visions are, so that we can help keep them on track and and move forward um, together uh, alongside them. Yeah. So one of the things before we jump into the meat and potatoes of the day, which is mm-hmm. how to be an effective executive, I want our audience to get to know a little about who you are and your background because you've come through the Bunker Labs ecosystem like myself. And uh, it'd be great for the listeners to hear that. Oh, well, well thank you. Um, so again, uh, my name is Gabriella Bell. I go by Gabby. I've been part of the military community since I was born. Um, ended up uh, a long history, a family history of uh, military service. Um, I'm a former military spouse and uh, an a educator by profession. Um, but as many individuals um, who identify as military spouse or partner, uh, you know, along the way, I put my my career on hold uh, to support my my former spouse's um, career. And as I was, you know, many moves and PCSs and um, deployments later, uh, and four children later, actually, of deciding, you know, what I wanted to do reentering the workforce, um, I was really interested in finding a way that I could blend something that I was good at professionally, but I could also be there um, for my my family and uh, particularly my kids. Um, so I ended up along the way uh, taking a gig actually as a virtual assistant and um, went through another program, uh, the Dog Tag Fellowship Program. And that was really life-changing for me. That gave me the, the time and the space. And the first real taste of entrepreneurship um, while I was there, you know, you go into the program thinking or, or being expected to put together a business plan either for a for-profit or nonprofit business. And instead of reinventing the wheel, I sat back and looked at, you know, I was doing this gig as a virtual assistant and how could I expand that um, so that I could have multiple clients and continue to grow. And over time, um, Building that success and that experience, I found that there were so many other individuals out there that wanted flexible remote work, uh, particularly in the the military connected community, um, but also you know any community, you know any any demographic. There's lots of reasons why people need and want flexible remote work. So we've blended the two. We've been in existence. Um, Organized Q's been in existence for four years, and we have um, multiple multiple clients. But more importantly, I think is having this expanding team, mostly military spouses, but we we hire anybody um, that really need flexible remote work. And in doing so, one of the things an executive assistant often, you know wears many hats as well you know we take care of you know administrative tasks but we're connecting the dots a lot of times um and often those that have to be flexible and pick up and move at short notice we're really good at figuring out and connecting the dots so it's it's a nice blend of the skills that are needed to be an effective executive assistant and also the the necessity of being able to to pick up and move um, when needed Sorry about that. I have myself on mute. I got the uh, I'm dealing with a what's it called allergies, y'all. So uh, yeah. I, I decided to put myself on mute so I wasn't sneezing while Gabby. <laughs> but Gabby, one thing I would like you to do um, is to take off your armor for our listeners. You know, everybody that comes on here, a lot of times, you know, you see everybody flexing on LinkedIn and social media, Instagram, and it looks like they're killing it. But behind the scenes, everyone's human. We're dealing with family time management issues. You know, you name it. And so uh, I love for you to take off your armor and share with our listeners 
something you're struggling with either uh, personally or professionally as a small business owner? Uh, oh, I laugh because um, this seems to be a, a common topic that comes up. I, I definitely agree. You know, on social media, it's definitely the highlight reels of everybody's life, whether it be personal or professional um, and kind of peeling behind that. I, I think people really identify with the real life struggles that, that occur. Um, and, and to be honest, you know, I love what I'm doing. I love what I'm growing, but there are days when I think, why am I doing this? Like it, like having your own small business and running a team, uh, it is not just like having another child. It's like having a whole nother family and, um, you know, being a single mom of four, I, I personally struggle with, you know, am I giving my family enough time and attention? Am I giving my business enough time and attention? And how, how do I mesh that? And how do I find that balance? And it's interesting because in the company culture that we're building with Organized Q and being very, very real and making sure that our team members, it's not necessarily a work-life balance. It's more like a work-life integration. And, um, you know, there are days where it feels great. And there are days where it's like, you know, tomorrow is going to be another day, another another chance to start over. But also with the people that we're working with, the same thing that I personally struggle with of, you know, am I working too much? Am I not working enough? Am I spending too much time with family? You know, trying to carve it out. That's what the people that we're helping are also struggling with. And, you know, getting real and and talking about that, I think, makes it a little bit less scary. Um, so that's that's what I'm I'm struggling with right now. Is, you know, how do I manage it all well? And the big long picture at the end, you know, I hope to, to be able to look back and say, yes, I'm really happy with what I built, um, but I'm also really happy with where my family, how my family grew and, um, you know, my kids went off into the world. And um, I think, yeah, that's, that's a, a struggle. And I think as well, um, perhaps, I can only speak as a woman, but I think other mothers often struggle with that working mothers. I think all, all mothers are working mothers, whether they're working for pay or working within the home, um, you know, trying to decide like, is this enough and, uh, and not being too hard on, on, on ourselves. I can tell that you're thinking about that because even in our pre-interview, me and Gabby were talking about just like, you know, business is very philosophical. It's like, what is the point of all this? You know, what are we working towards? What do we want our lives to look like, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day? And uh, I, I think we need to have more of these kind of conversations or people need to do practice a lot more self-awareness about this kind of stuff as they pursue their ventures, especially when you're up against it. And, you know, for me, one thing I do is I meditate every morning. I just sit in silence. You know, mm-hmm. I sit in silence for 10 minutes every morning and just kind of reflect, um, but I'm constantly asking myself and reevaluating like, hey, where do I want to go? Where do I want to be? And it can change, too. I think sometimes people think like, oh, my gosh, like I want to build this, you know, billion dollar unicorn. I want to make all this money. I want to do all this kind of stuff until you look and see what it takes to be able to do that. And then you're like, ah, maybe I just want to work 20 hours a week and, you know, call it a day. Oh, I I, I totally understand. You talk about meditation. I've started in um, the last couple of years. I do um gratitude, a gratitude journal every morning. And I, I'm pretty diligent, especially on work days, because my work days are like everybody else's, you know, really full. And I try to be very um, conscientious in doing that to start off on the right foot and making sure that I'm looking at the positive um, side of things so that I can go into, you know, whatever, whatever the day throws at you um, with a little bit brighter of a view. Um, So I really, I, I agree. I find that those that that we work with, um, whether it be the client side or the team member side, that those who have some sort of routine um, in the day or in the week, that that really helps to kind of set them set them straight or set them on the right course. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of the daily gratitude, too. I write three things down I'm grateful for every morning as well. And I think I might do an office hour session where I just talk about, you know, your morning routine. You know, um, and maybe get some other people on here to kind of talk about theirs. But before we dive into uh, how to be an effective executive, I got to give a shout out to Bunker Labs, which brought us here today. A national network of veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs 
dedicated to helping the military connect community start their own business. We're committed to seeing that every entrepreneur in the military connected community has the network tools and resources they need to start their own business. 25% of transitioning service members want to start a business and they need places inside their community where they can connect with the people, resources, and support they need. We're here for them. You can learn more by visiting www.bunkerlabs.org. Be sure to also register at Bunker Online, our social network for the military connected community where Bunker Lab staff helps make connections to increase your opportunities. You can register today by clicking the connect button at bunkerlabs.org. Now, Gabby, you're a veterans and residents OG, right? You're an alumni from- Yes. Mm-hmm. What chapter? Um, DC chapter, uh, 2019 uh, A. Yeah, so super excited. Were you at the muster uh, in DC that year? I was, I was actually. Small world. So we probably saw each other and said kind of hi, but I didn't, you know, we never connected. Uh, I know. There. And I saw you as well at, um, uh, what was it? You did a pitch competition at the MGM here in DC and you won. And I have a picture somewhere. It was before we started, you know, working together and, and uh, you know, becoming colleagues. Uh, I should pull it up and send it to you with you yeah. and your big check. As someone who's gone through the veterans and residents and has been in the Barker Lab ecosystem, mm-hmm. both on staff and coming through as an entrepreneur, what advice would you give to our listeners on how to get the most out of the Barker Lab ecosystem? Uh, I really think it's it's the network. I really think that as much as you put into developing the relationships um, and, and going in without any preconceived notions, going in being very genuine and open to learning from others, that that was probably the richest experience that I took away from it. Our group was a really great group um, here in DC. Uh, you know, we've become very good friends. Um, the majority of us have kept in touch afterwards, but just coming together and having that community and building upon it, I think is really what has helped me the most because you you end up having the real conversations. You end up talking about, wow, this is a really great win, but you know, there are a couple of things that are really tough. Um, that I think is just or maybe more maybe more valuable in a sense than um, the curriculum. The curriculum is is important and it, it's a good guide, but the discussions that stem from that are worth their weight in gold. So that's what I've taken away from it as being the most important piece. Y'all hear that? Y'all, you got to lean into the community. Nothing magic is going to happen. You got to get out there. You got to start talking to people, learn about what people got going on and figure out ways to help each other out. Um, That's how you make the most of a a strong network and and build with each other. Well, I want to just one one more thing on that. Also, like going in and we talked about gratitude earlier. It's just saying thank you, you know, thank you for people's time, for their information, what they share with you. That really goes a long way. And being genuine, asking for help, people naturally, for the most part, want to help. And being able to be vulnerable at times, you know, um, that that has really opened up some some really great conversations and learned about a lot of things because of that. So. You don't you don't know unless you put it out there. If you keep it all bundled in, um, you, you're not going to grow as much as putting it out there and um, asking for help and, and talking with others. That's right. You got to put it out to the universe. All right. So I'm going to go to shift gears now and uh, talk about what we brought you on for, which is how to be an effective executive. And full transparency, y'all, Gabby is my executive assistant. But to be honest, we call her chief of staff because <laughs> when you're a team of one, you know, and uh, you're you're making the sausage because to be honest, starting a small business, and I'm sure it's the same thing with a startup, especially in the early days. It's like the Wizard of Oz. You know, <laughs> you go back there, you pull the curtain behind the scenes, and there's one guy pulling a bunch of strings. He's using his feet, his arms, and everything. And so yeah. I feel like a lot of your first employees, your first hires, you know, they can start to really see behind the scenes, and you know, you start to lean a lot on them. And so you know, that's why it just didn't feel right every time I email someone. I'm like, oh, this is my admin. You know, <laughs> whatever. But I will tell you, full transparency, right? Gabby's, like I said, she's our, my executive assistant, chief of staff. But I have a business coach uh, named Bill Watkins uh, from the Lions Pride, and I'll probably get him on here at some point. But one he's of the good. Things, he's scheduled. 
podcast. Yeah, one of the things she told me early on was, you need an executive assistant. And I was like, man, who the, who the heck do you think I am? I don't got no money for no executive assistant. It is not happening, right? Ain't no way, ain't no how. You know, I fought it, fought it, fought it. The pandemic happened. I'm getting beat up, right? I'm stuck on this hamster wheel. And I just come to a decision where it was just like, man, I got so much going on between the for-profit and my non-profit. And I can either choose to stay on this hamster wheel or I can take a risk and bring on an executive assistant. And one of the things about the bunker community is you do business with people you like, know, and trust, right? And I had a chance to come across uh, Gabby working on another project and I found out she was an executive assistant and I reached out to her. And I feel like that was almost a year ago at this point, right? Yeah, it's coming up on a year. Yes. And it was crazy because my calendar was zoomed out. I had no time. I keep trying to tell Gabby to post my calendar on LinkedIn to get her some warm leads, but the calendar was crazy. And I was missing a lot of follow through in my emails um, for donors for my nonprofit and then prospects for the for-profit. And so I ripped the bandaid off. I reached out to Gabby and brought her on. And then, you know, here we are a year later, uh, sticking and moving. And one of the things I want to talk about for a lot of entrepreneurs, right, I'm sure is at a certain point, we have this idea for a venture, right? We do the pitch competitions. We go out, we tell everybody what we're trying to do. And then we launch. You start getting clients or whatever. And now you're less in the studying, you're less in the pitching. And now you're in the day to day. And it can be, it can feel like a lot of chaos. And one of the things I want Gabby to talk about is in your experience working with CEOs, founders, small businesses, startups, what have you seen or what advice would you give for, you know, the solopreneurs, the early stage on learning how to properly manage the chaos as an effective executive? Um, I think like having a, a very clear or as, as clear as possible uh, vision of, of where you want to go, um, that's a place you you need to start. Of course, when you're talking about growing and running a business, like if you don't have customers, you don't have clients, then then you really don't have a business, right? Um, but so you've got to make sure that you very much understand what problem you're solving for people and that you can capture that and take, you know, the in, in my sense, because we're, we're helping we're helping other people grow and nurture what they are growing and nurturing. So what we have seen is those that have a very clear or at least a, a, a strong direction of where they want to go, we can work with that. You know, we can help navigate. It's, it's a lot of listening. It's a lot of um, making sure that that relationship is, is solid and, um, and talking and like very clear communication as far as, you know, when you're a very small venture, if you're a one person business, you're one deep and you're hoping to grow being like, you're wearing all of the hats and you get to a point and Mike, I think you can agree with this. You get to a point where you're like, there's not enough time in the day to do it all, you know, to wear all the hats and be really good at all of these pieces. And being able to identify, okay, what can I offload to somebody else? And what does that look like? Um, and for us coming in as executive assistants, um, that, that service that we provide, it's not wearing the hat normally of a COO or not wearing the hat of, you know, another C-level executive. However, a lot of those individuals are going in that route where they're growing to a stage where they will want to bring on a COO or they will want to bring on other C-level um, type positions. And I think identifying the, the scope of what needs to be done and very clear objectives and deadlines, that, that, that those things really help to move that executive or small business owner forward. You know, Because if you're missing deadlines, then you're missing deadlines and that's not gonna help you move forward. But um, putting the right people in the right seats makes a big difference. One thing I've been talking about is this idea of brand and how important it is. You know, you talked about like the vision and making sure it's clear. And one of the ways we can communicate that as business owners of small businesses and early stage startups 
is you've got to dial in your branding. And a lot of times, like people do their little core values and their bold beliefs and all that kind of stuff. And then they just kind of tuck it away, like in a binder or something, or it's in the office. But because we're in this virtual world, like Gabby is all the way in DC. You know, my audio engineer is in uh, Ohio. Is where she at? I don't even know. <laughs> Illinois. He's in Illinois, right? Right. So the brand has been very important for us in a sense to convey like what's going on in my head to Mm -hmm. act independently of me, you know? And that's one thing me and Gabby always talk about is, Hey, I I don't want you to just do everything I say. Like I want some pushback too, to see if like, Hey, this is in line because it's almost like you're an advisor too around Mm -hmm. that extent. And so I want to strongly recommend to everyone out there is as you start to think about, you know, bringing someone on, whether it's a contractor to support you, uh, executive assistant, whatever, think about how you're communicating your brand in a way that empowers them, right? So that they understand the bigger picture. Um, so that's one thing. All right. So now let's talk about, let's go back, Gabby. You said, okay, so we're in the art, manage the chaotic day chaos, right? Mm-hmm. All this stuff going on, PR opportunities, you know, little projects here and there. Maybe you got a part-time job, you know, maybe it's just a side hustle or whatever. And I can't speak for everyone, but I know when we when I brought you on, one of the things I identified was, okay, how can I be most effective, right? And this comes from Peter Drucker's book, The Effective Executive, right? And I'm gonna read a quote. And he says that one can truly manage other people is by no means adequately, adi- adequately proven, but one can always manage oneself. Indeed, executives who do not manage themselves for effectiveness cannot possibly expect to manage their associates and subordinates. Management is largely by example. So first thing was, okay, every day I wake up, what are the three things I can do today to be the most effective? All right. Running a nonprofit. I realized that getting that newsletter out, communication is super effective for us as an organization. When we're communicating, stuff is moving. Donations are coming in. PR opportunities are coming in. When we're not communicating, boom, nothing is happening. Okay. So I knew that for the nonprofit side of the house, communication is one of the most effective things I could do. All right. On the for-profit side of the house, I said, Gabby, uh, get me out of non-revenue generated meetings, you know, because a lot of times you be stuck in these meetings and it's just back to back. You're zoomed out and then you get to the end of the day and you're like, I haven't accomplished anything. I have no money coming in. What is going on? You know, and then me and Gabby sit down and we're like, okay, let's start identifying the meetings that are revenue generating by color. I think we went like red at first, right? Like if it's a revenue generating meeting, let's go red, right? Maybe green. I think or it was, it was green. Probably, it was probably green, right? Yeah, probably green. It was one of those things, but little stuff like that. And then you start to prioritize and you're realizing like, Hey man, if I'm having a, a prospect meeting, you know, a warm prospect, somebody that's pre-qualified, predisposed to do business with us, not someone that just wants coffee to hang out, right? I'm being pretty effective because now I'm filling that pipeline. And one of the things we saw is on the nonprofit front, we saw the donations coming in by focusing on the communication. And we saw our revenue increasing by prioritizing um, those revenue generating meetings. What else did you see, Gabby? I, I definitely agree. Uh, again, I think it goes back to the communication from the very beginning, really getting to to know what your goals and what your priorities were, understanding that to help make those decisions, because it can be it can be very easy to, to chase the, the next shiny thing that rolls by. But then when you pull back and you say, well, wait a minute, you know, we really need to, to build out like the clients that are coming in, because like we, we talked about earlier, if you don't have clients, you don't have people paying for your services or your goods, then like that's not really a business, right? You're having a business, like the financial aspect of it has to come into it. And and that's not a bad thing. That's a, that's a necessary thing. Um, be, and then again, it's like the chicken and the egg. Like you have to have that revenue come in so you can do more of this. So you can, you know, it's, it's a constant, uh, circle and cycle and being able to organize your time and the priorities um, and making sure that those are done in a timely and an effective manner, I think really helps to to push people forward. Um, the time man- the time is one thing we can't get back. 
you know, uh, time management is a, is a huge, a huge aspect. And there are some things, and this might be for those that are early on starting out, you can look at, you know, you can do a time audit of your, your day, your week, your month, and get a sense of, oh my goodness, I'm spending all this time in this nitty gritty stuff working in the business versus on the business. And that might be a first place to start on something that you outsource or something that you find another person. Um, what did you say? No, like, and trust um, who can take that responsibility on. And, you know, it just comes down to communication and prioritizing. So I've probably read a bazillion productivity books. No, probably a bazillion self-help audio books you know, and podcasts and everything else under the sun. And I still haven't figured out the time audit thing. Right. But what works for me easier, just because the way my personality works is what is working, what's not working. Right. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. So you could be out there posting on Instagram, posting on Facebook, doing all this stuff that's taking up all this time from you. And you're not getting any leads. You're not converting any, any, any uh, prospects and you're just busy, 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 little work. And you look at it and you're like, man, this is not even working. Or you're going to pitch competitions and you're doing all this stuff and the same thing. And you got to look at the landscape and say, okay, what's working? What's not working? Again, every time I send a newsletter out, boom, donations start coming in. Clearly that's working. And then you say, okay, well, how can I get the best bang for the buck? You know, maybe mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't know, do a virtual event or something. I don't know. But you start to kind of look at the landscape. Maybe you do a blog post or you're blogging and guess what? Nothing is happening. No one right. ever mentions the blog. Uh, <laughs> and it might be something that you're just creating more noise for yourself right. um, versus getting out there and just orchestrating a referral. Hey, Gabby, do you know anybody that's looking for, you know, podcast services or anybody that wants to donate to a nonprofit? If you do, please uh, give me an intro. I'd love to meet with them. That might be just as effective, if not more than doing some random marketing that is not dialed in on his perfect customer. That, that's true. And I think as well, um, making sure that you, you go kind of go back and say, you know, whatever you say yes to, you're saying no to something else and it's in its space. Um, and oftentimes in the beginning, as you know, I mean, I, I've talked to so many entrepreneurs along the way that they, when they were first starting out and they have very successful businesses now, they're like, hey, in the early days, I was doing four and five and six coffees, you know, uh, a day, a week, because I was trying to gain that traction. And then once you get to a point and you're like, okay, I can continue in this space and time. Um, you, yeah, you have to, you have to identify where you're going to invest your time and your money and your energy. Um, there are some people who are perfectly fine working, you know, 12, 16, 18 hour days. And if that works for them, that works for them. And for some people that doesn't work. And you, it, again, it's that balance, right? Of where and how and the biggest bang for your buck and what's going to, to resonate best with you. Because what resonates best for you, Mike, uh, or, or myself, might not be the secret sauce for somebody else. And and, the, and that's, that's okay. I'll tell y'all a hack that I've implemented too is when you first start out, it's all hopes and dreams. You know, you got your little venture, you got your ideas, you're like all excited, you know, and you're just... Nobody really sees it yet because you haven't created it, you know, so you're like working out, right? You're doing the affirmations, you're doing all this kind of stuff, right? And then you start getting a little bit of wins and then your business starts to take off little by little. And before you know it, you find yourself in the weeds and now you're in the day to day and you're not doing all the stuff that made you successful in the first place. The affirmations, the getting up, working out, you know, we didn't have any clients. All you could do was work out and be positive, you know? <laughs> But now you got new problems, you know, you're overwhelmed, you're exhausted, whatever. So one of the things I have to do, and this is me being self-aware, I know I create content and co creating content is very important for me. And having a clear mind and clear head is important because I'm a thinker. I'm a visionary. I can't be a visionary if I'm doing busy work all day. And I looked at what was going on as my agency was growing, this podcast agency and the nonprofit was growing again. I got done. I had cleared our calendar. We were good, Gabby. And then I started filling the calendar up again. And then <laughs> I came, as Gabby, Gabby will tell y'all, I came back one day and I was like, Gabby, I'm done working every day by 3 p.m. By the mm -hmm. end of the quarter, 
we're done working by 2 p.m. And I'm not taking any meetings before 1 p.m. And it can seem backwards, right? Because sometimes we think, oh, well, we're leaving money on the table. We're doing all this kind of stuff. But like a lot of the stuff I was doing wasn't being effective. I was just being exhausted, you know, and I couldn't show up to my content and show up to some other things, my full self. And so having a self-awareness to get out of the chaos and get back to focusing on the most important task, which is, you know, really focus on working on the business, not just in it in the day to day, creating content, writing. And I feel like we're starting to see again, like, cause at a certain point you got to say, is this the life I want to live? Right. This right. chaos of business. Do I want this the rest of, you know, even for another year, hell, another right. six months. No, right. let's drop the hamster wheel again and let's create a business, you know, that we actually enjoy showing up to work for. Mm-hmm. Oh, I definitely agree. And I think um, the the individuals that we really enjoy working with are those that can can see that um, and want that and want to have a healthy um, that work life integration, you know, uh, sure. So, and of course, some people don't have the choice, right? They don't have the option. They've got to do what they have to do and they've got to do it that way. And if you get to a point where you have a little bit more wiggle room in there, um, and you can, you can afford financially time-wise, you know, creativity, creatively have that time to, to say, no, here are my boundaries and this is where I want to stay. And I'm going to stay here for a period of time until it's time to change it up. Um, and, and that's totally fine. So yes, you, yes. When Mike came back, it was a pretty busy week. Um, I think there was, I think you were out of town and you came back for a pretty busy week, which is pretty normal. And then the next week you're like, I'm not doing this again. So, you know, we do it and we're, we're, have we have those boundaries and you're still able to do well and uh and move forward i think sometimes we feel like we lose control you know like mm-hmm. we lose control over time we lose control of our business right we lose control of all these different things and you got to take that power back you know nobody's making you show up to these businesses these meetings and run yourself ragged you know you've got to take control and set some boundaries and literally as i'm telling you all this stuff i'm really talking to myself i'm giving myself a positive pep talk and gabby as well mm-hmm. but this is real stuff this is the real business now one thing i want to talk about next gabby is okay so you're in the hustle right and maybe you outsource something to a contractor or maybe you're able to actually bring on a virtual assistant well you still need to figure out how to delegate right and we've already talked about how important it is to set the vision and, you know, where you're headed to enable your, you know, your staff, you know, to operate independently of you. But you still need to create systems that allow for proper delegation. And so, Gabby, what have you seen in a sense work to properly delegate or what are some pain points you've seen? Um, well, I could tell you what. What doesn't work? Those that want to micromanage have a very hard time delegating, um, or they want to delegate, but they still want to be involved in all of the steps. That makes it very difficult to for the person that you've delegated to to take it and run and grow and do it properly. So, uh, the biggest recommendation would be identify something that you're willing to let go of. Um, especially if you know you're you're growing your own business, it's it's your baby. Um, it, it can be hard to let go, but identify what it is that you feel most comfortable letting go of. Find the right person or the right agency who can help you with that, and then trust them. You know that communication at the beginning is is so important, and allowing them to do that and know that hey there's going to be some, there's a, there's a learning curve. You know, when you're starting to work with somebody else, there's a learning curve there. And just because you hire somebody today doesn't mean that tomorrow it's completely freed everything up off of your plate that you were hoping to get rid of. You have to have that reasonable expectation that, Hey, this is, this is a working relationship. This is going to grow this front end work that might seem like a little bit more at the beginning. It's going to pay off in dividends down the road. Um, But making sure that, that communication and those it's very clear what you want because if you go in as a business owner and you're trying to 
delegate the person that you're trying to delegate cannot read minds they just they can't and um and being open to that of like it's okay that it's going to take a little bit more time um to get on the right footing and the right set and you're going to have wins and then there's sometimes where it's going to be you know maybe it didn't work out right and you've got to readjust and and talk about it and move forward together and that's okay but expecting to bring somebody on and it magically be perfect is an unreasonable expectation um so going in with with reasonable expectations and know that everybody's human and the right person in the right seat makes a huge difference so you're telling me that i can't bring someone on like an admin and then just say all right take care of all this and just leave them to be just because i'm so happy and so relieved to finally have somebody you know on my team to help me out um well you could but a lot of times you when we've seen that happen the person that has said that they come back very disappointed because it wasn't clear on what was like you can't make us nobody can make assumptions but if it's if it's foggy and it's not clear then the other the other person or group of people can only do what they can do and if that communication and what was explicitly needed at the beginning um isn't identified it's unreasonable to think that it's magically going to to be there now if it does that's that's great but more times than not um it, it that doesn't work out so we have learned we have learned through trial and error and you know different experiences that making sure that communication is very very clear and it might seem at sometimes that it's it's too much but it pays off because we'd rather do it right the first time and get it done properly um instead of doing all this work and then finding out oh that was the wrong direction that's not what i meant that's not what i really wanted so and i, I think th that's important i think people have to also understand what works for them and works for their team because in the one year i've been with organized q um, and actually start to have, you know, some assistance in the sense of having admin and having audio engineers and all these different functions, graphic designers. I hear stuff and I'm like, oh, let me get this CRM platform. Let me do all this. Let me do all this kind of stuff. But it hasn't really worked the best for my team, mainly because there's like a learning curve associated with it. And so then everybody kind of has to learn how to use it and they're busy and all that kind of stuff. So it's like that military training. You know, nobody loves nobody wants to do annual training in the military. It is really like a pain in the ass. Let's be honest. But when you're doing a business and you're using all these different tools, well, guess what, man? If you want, if you want your staff, your team to know how to use it, you have to train them on how to use it. And that takes time. That's not just like an overnight thing. And I say all that to say is it's been a growing experience for me and I've learned. And we've started to create our own little system of how we work internally with Ironbound. You know, one of the things that I did early on was, I won't say early on, but we started using a level 10 meeting format. Right. And I got that from a uh, traction by mm -hmm. Gino Wickman. Um, and it's a book management, right? Like, I don't care if you're a one man, you got to learn how to manage a venture, right? Business yeah. management is real. And on this L10, it is basically just a function of like, Hey, you know, it's a step-by-step -step process for how to have an awesome meeting. You know, what did we do? Like a icebreaker right off the bat. How's your week going? Small win you know, for the day, personal and professional. And then we start jumping right into like, hey, revenue, you know, what do we got on the calendar for revenue? Um, then we got scheduling. What kind of scheduling do we need to get done? And we modified the L10 a little bit, to be honest, y'all. It's not exactly like in the book, but it works for us. And right. I've even gone and updated it more because I would tell Gabby, hey, book this meeting, book this meeting, book this meeting. And she doesn't know, like, is this a nonprofit meeting? Is this a podcast client? What is this? And so then I created my own little delegations. L1 stands for initial meeting. L2 stands for a working session. L3 stands for kickoff, project kickoff, right? And so then I'll just hit up Gabby and be like, hey, book so-and-so for L1. But like, I had to learn this though, y'all. This wasn't just right off the bat. Like, we've grown into this. And, but I, it works. And I found that it's made, you know, easier for her team to get in there and book stuff. And an, uh, another thing is I did office hours previously with Josh Pomeroy, where we mm -hmm. talked about how to set your quarterly, your annual and quarterly goals on our L10 is our court is our quarterly goals front and center. So I'm constantly going back to this and saying, Hey, are we on track to hit this? 
right? Like if we're going to say this is a priority for the quarter, right? Then what are we doing to make sure we're driving towards that? And that's why I like, you know, Gabby as an advisor, because I go to her and I'm like, hey, I don't know if we're going to be able to do all three of these. You know, let's focus on these two and make sure that we do them right. Right. And and I think it, it ends up whatever tool that any any person or entity decides to use, it all comes down to communication, right? How how freely can the, the information flow and how well does it transfer to the people that need to, to use that information? So for us in the L10s and how we've tweaked it along the way, it's it really comes down to, to that. You know, we've talked about the big goals and then working backwards and how our day-to-day decisions and tasks and next steps how those filter into those those larger goals and you know lots of times we get it right and sometimes we get it wrong and you know we might be in a week where we go okay you know let's readjust and um you know do things differently or this was a really great week and let's do more of that um because we saw these benefits in the you know the revenue or the the nonprofit sector um, you know, that the program is growing really rapidly and, and we need to spend a little bit more time there um, this week or, or this month. So it's, it all comes down to communication and being very clear. Yeah, but you got to have a system to communicate to your team, which yeah. is why, again, managing oneself. So when you wake up and you say, hey, these are the three priorities for the day, right? Where are you putting that so other people can see it mm-hmm. so that it's just not in your head? And then that way, as you look at the end of the day, it's like, hey, are we winning or not? Right. And then another thing we've done, too, um, is this concept of job scorecards, which I've gotten from my business coach, Bill Watkins. And it's basically the left and right lateral limits for your team members so that they know how to win the day. Right. Um, And, you know, when I brought on an audio engineer for Ironbound Media, I was like, I can't bring it. I had this audio engineer on. They're just out there in the wild. I'm sending them random audio files, right? And I need to sit down and be like, okay, this is the turnaround time. This is the expectations. This is what you get working with us, right? And we put it all on a document called the job scorecard and we sent it to her. She loved it. She was like, oh my gosh, thank you. This is the most amazing thing in the world. And then they take it and then they run with it, you know? Mm And that thing took me like two weeks, you know, yeah. it took me like two weeks to get, I've only done one of them and I still probably got, you know, like 10 more to do because I got to do the ones for, you know, my graphic designer and another audio engineer. Right. But then also you need to have the job scorecards ready for when you hire people, you know, so mm-hmm. that they come to those positions and you know exactly what roles you're looking for. It takes me back to my my teaching days, right? It's essentially a, a lesson plan where you've got what's the big objective, what are the the tools that are needed, what are the resources that are needed, what are the um, what are the what's the rubric, you know, how are people being measured, and when the the due date is, and the deliverables are due. So it's it's all very important, and that that roadmap, if you will, um, is really important because you can only absorb so much information you know, audio lead, but if you see it on paper and have something you can go back and reference, even if it's a video, then that's very, very helpful because then you go, oh yeah, these are the boundaries. These are the parameters that I need to work with then. And these are, these are my goals and these are my, my deadlines. And that makes it much clearer for everybody on the team. And the last thing I want to talk about Gabby, while you're here is this concept of leveling up. All right. So you get going, right. Maybe you bring on your team members, stuff is going good. But now it's like, okay, I got to get to the next level, whatever that is. It can be a revenue goal. It can be a personnel goal, you know, but there are steps and processes that have to take place in order to be able to do that. And so one thing you need to do is you got to work your way backwards and say, okay, if I want to bring on, I don't know, what's something, let's say a revenue goal, Gabby, we want to do like 50K or 100K next quarter. Well, Mm -hmm. if we do that, then we need to have enough audio engineers to cover it, you know, there needs to be project management going on to make sure the clients are happy that everything is going good, right? So how do we kind of build that? What processes need to take place? And one of the things I identified, not that that's our objective, the 100K, but one of the things I realized I need to do to level up is I need to get our processes down, you know, in a sense of like how we do business, you know, on the on the podcast production side, 
particularly around the workflow for individual podcasts, right? I reached out to Gabby and I was like, you know, here I am, listen, not being effective, looking up project management tools, looking up all this different stuff, doing this, doing that, watching videos, not effective at all. I finally just was like, hey, Gabby, I need somebody to help us get our processes and systems set up. Do you know anybody? Sure enough, boom, she knows someone, right? Ashley. And we're going to actually have Ashley on the podcast to talk about it. But, you know, Ashley comes in and I I, I could feel a little uh, micromanagement happening myself in the sense of like, oh, these are all the tools, I think. And then I was like, you know what? I don't care. You tell me, you know, tell me what tools we need to level up, to be more efficient, et cetera. And I, I think that that's really a, a key point. Um, some people are going to decide, you know, that they want to level up. Some people are like, I'm good where I'm at for now. And maybe in six months time, a year's time, you know, that leveling up will, will need to happen or, or want to happen. Um, but again, I think it's making sure that you've got the right people in the right seats and you've got the resources as well, that you've got the time, you've got the money, you've got the space um, to be able to to facilitate that well. Um, one of the things that I've noticed uh, working with you, Mike, um, you're very, very good at what you do. And to expand that, it's being able to teach other people the creative you know, orchestra that's going on that makes you really successful, trying to teach that or at least elements of that so that other people can replicate it and do do the the pieces because at the beginning you were wearing all the hats you were the audio engineer you were the you were doing it all and making sure that you can identify hey this is a piece that we can teach somebody else to do and they can they can own it and be great at it and then that gives you more space and time to do more of the things that you love and that you're really good at um because nobody can duplicate you so we have to this is one thing we've had to do is really protect your time so that what makes Mike and Ironbound and the podcasting successful, um, that that brand, that that voice that's coming through, that that gets protected and, and pulling you out of out of the weeds um, so you can continue to grow. So I'll tell you some of the things that we've been doing to do that. One is I'm training producers. Right. So like for me to be a producer, I mean, that's our bread and butter. I do the production side of house, helping people get super clear about who their perfect listener is and taking this idea out of their head. And I could sit down and write a bunch of SOPs, which we've done. Right. We did a little bit of it. I probably did like two hours worth. And I was like, all right, that's enough of that. Uh, but We're still working I, on it in the background. Still working <laughs> on the background. But I had my producer, my audio engineer who's trained to be a producer. I have her sitting in on calls now. So she watches and sees the process of what it takes to lead somebody through a session. You all have the ability to do that, right? Just show someone what it is you do, you know, have them observe. And uh, I think Mike McCallowitz calls it just capture, you know? So let's talk about how can be effective? How can we be effective as CEOs? One thing is we document and we capture our core functions, the stuff that's taken up a lot of our time that's not really in our zone of genius, you know, like it's more tedious than anything else. We know how to do it. Other people don't know how to do it yet. Let's capture that on like video loom or something and then send it to that team member. So they have it as a reference on how to do it. And then when they need to correct it for the next video, have them do it themselves. I literally got this out of a book, y'all. So I can't credit, you know, old Mike Stebbing with that. But with that being said, right, like for us, how can I be super effective, right? If I block off, I'm going to commit to it. I'm going to block off one to two hours this week, and I'm going to record one of my core functions with podcast production, and I'm going to record it, and I'm going to send it to the audio engineer, and we're going to put it on a little project management tool because me just doing that frees me up from having to do this tedious task, and I can focus on creating, branding, you know, the stuff that I'm, I'm good at instead of the minuscule stuff. But I do have to do it, capture it, and then pass it off. But again, that's looking and saying leveling up, right? At the end of the day, where do I see myself? What kind of things do I need to be doing? Do I need to be focusing on? Same thing for Gabby. What kind of stuff does she need to be doing in her business to get her to the next level? 
And then we say, okay, well, before we do that, and I like to think, stick with the rules of three, like what are the three things that are going to get me to the next level and then work our way back? The first thing is like streamlining the workflow. Boom. So like stuff is not being done all by me. So what does that mean? I need to capture the core functions so that other people can see how to do it. The next thing is, you know, maybe I need to turn on the marketing function, you know, really have a sustained marketing plan to drive in new leads, et cetera. You know, and the third thing could be something as simple as like recruiting a key channel partner or something, you know, and then you line all three of those things up. And let's say my goal is, you know, 100K in revenue in the next quarter. Now you're streamlining workflow processes so you can manage the influx of clients. You know, what else did we say? We're uh, finding a channel partner, you know, that uh, basically is somebody we can work with, you know, to have more funding coming in and might have access to a bigger pool. And then I think the last thing was turn on the marketing function, you know, so we're having consistent marketing and you see how you kind of say, okay, those three things right there, they're not just going to magically happen. There's steps that need to take place to make those happen. Mm -hmm. Like having a marketing plan in the first place, (laughs) you know, thinking through this stuff and then it's off to the races. Yeah. And, and I think going back to making sure that you've got the right people in your in your corner, in your space that are there to, to help to help along the way um, it is really important because and, and for those that are listening, I think if you're if you're starting out, it might seem like a really big lift to bring somebody on. But there's creative ways in which you can can find things that you can outsource or you can delegate to somebody else um, and still be effective and still still see a return on your investment. Again, going in with realistic expectations with working with somebody else, um, whatever that looks like, um, just know that it's it's not magical. You know, it just it isn't. It, it takes time. And I think as well that going back, it's coming back down to communication and making sure that there's positive reinforcement along the way that that really helps and if there is something that needs to be adjusted or fixed or corrected you know saying that in a in a very um practical resourceful way is what's going to help continue to build that relationship you know nobody is perfect um but if you find the right people that really want to see you grow and do well then it's it's going to be a win-win situation Accountability. I keep telling people that accountability is key. And you know what? Having an admin, having someone to hold you accountable for the stuff you're supposed to do, super invaluable. And I'm gonna I'm gonna brag about Gabby here for a second. So when I brought Gabby on, right, I was leaving a lot of money in my inbox on the donation side of the house just from booking meetings. When are you free? When are you free? When are you free? Oh my gosh, I'm on, you know, you start losing your mind. Literally, Gabby's team booked the meeting. You know, that I've been trying to get for a while and we got a $20,000 donation from that one meeting. So that's what we talk about in terms of ROI. You know, it can it can hurt in the short term, you know, bringing people on, hiring staff. But your efficiency is, is like tenfold when you get the right kind of people. So I want to I want to give a team to her. You know, I want to give her a shout out about that. And I mean, this just happened time and time again. Just the ability to get people on the calendar at an effective time and being set up. You know, it was super, super invaluable. So I want, I appreciate you for that, Gabby. Oh, well, thank you. Well, my uh, the Organized Q team, they, they've been really great. I couldn't do what I do without them. So I, I appreciate that. And, um, you know, we're happy to help. It really makes us happy to see our, um, the people that we're working with do well and succeed and continue to grow. I have to I have to put in a plug real quick for the nonprofit side, um, you know, with the Thrive Group. I, I think having been a part of that and seeing that grow that that's really exciting to to see um expanding that these young entrepreneurs that are moving and i mean they're going to grow up and in a couple of years we're going to be like wow these these people are amazing so it's really exciting to work with you know good individuals uh like-hearted people who want to do good in the world and, and help others and um so we're, we're happy we're happy to to help, you know, any way we can. So just to give a quick recap, what we went over today is in order to be an effective executive, first thing is you got to learn how to communicate effectively, right? And this means your core values, your bold beliefs, like who you are as a brand, what's important to you. And your team needs to know this, right? 
And so what you got to do is you need to know it yourself. So spend some time really thinking about like the why behind everything that you're doing, right? What is the goal? What is the purpose? What are your promises to your client? Get all that out, get it on paper and use it to empower your team. The second thing is you've got to be able to look and see what's working, what's not working, right? And start focusing on the stuff that is working, right? And, and just leave the other stuff, right? Because at the end of the day, it's just a lot of busy work, you know? And another tool, they call it the stop doing list. Like things I need to stop doing, like looking at stuff on YouTube. I watch a lot of boxing videos on YouTube. I can't help myself. But it takes away from writing. It takes away from creating good content, all that kind of stuff. You know, stop staying up late at night. What's another stuff people do wasting their time? Uh, searching the web, you know, bouncing between different things. You're not getting work done. You know, cut your phone off, right? Like figure out what's working, what's not working and come up with your stop doing list. And then the other thing we talked about was you need to come up with an effective management system that works for you and your team. What works for us here at Ironbound might not work for you all out there, right? But it's a good starting point. It could be a good starting point. And a lot of what we do comes out of doctrine, level 10 meetings out of Gino Wickman's uh, traction. You know, I mentioned Peter Drucker on here, but find out how to make your sausage, you know, and how to make it repeatedly and then, you know, own it and make it better, refine it, massage it, right? But get better with it. And then the last thing too, is if you're going to level up, sometimes you got to rip the bandaid off and you got to find, you know, you got to get the right people on the bus, right? And you got to have a plan. And again, I, I like to operate in the rule of three because I'm a grunt. Anything more than that, I get like overwhelmed. But like, what are the three things that I'm going to do that are going to allow me to level up? And it might be bringing on a team member. It might be implementing certain systems, et cetera, um, or finding and recruiting channel partners, whatever works for you, but just work your way back. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think, you know, looking at the big, the big, big picture and breaking it down so that you can start to take those steps to get to your goals and get to where you want to be, whether that be in a year, three years, five years, 10, whatever, whatever your goals are and working backwards and then bringing people in. I mean, people, people are complicated. So if you can be as clear and specific as possible and communicate well, then things are going to go much smoother and, you know, you'll have bumps in the road and that's normal. And there will be days where like, this is awesome. And there'll be days where like, why are we doing this? And that's okay too. I think it's all really normal and, and being upfront. And I think as well, if you as a leader make a mistake or do something, do something that, you know, should have been done differently, just be really frank and honest with your team, you know, and let them know and say, hey, you know, this is something that that we um, that I did or that we did together. And this is something that we, we should change and, and need to um, learn from and know better and do better. And, and that's OK. And I think a lot of people will provide a lot of grace. Um, in that respect, if you're very humble and you talked about, what did you say, taking off, taking off the armor that we off talked about? Yeah. Yep. And, you know, if you can do that, um, I think people really, that really resonates with them and, and it really kind of gains um, people's trust in you and what you do and, and what you're saying and, and they want to work with you. And I want everyone to write this quote down. I want you to write it down. I want you to put it a sticky note. I don't care what you do, but literally take this quote. Avoid non-revenue generating meetings. That will increase your revenue by like 50%. Because you're probably in a lot of non-revenue generating meetings, conversations, coffee walks, you know, all this kind of stuff now. Avoid it. Focus on revenue generating activities and you'll increase your revenue by 50%. Right? So take that and run with it. Gabby, the yeah. pleasure being with you today. I appreciate you sitting in on this office hour session. I know we ran a little bit over are 45 minutes, but I just feel like, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like we're giving a lot of good, valuable information out there. People have the option to use it or not, but we're putting out content to support you all out there, the veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs in the fight. And uh, I appreciate you being here with us. Where can people find you? Oh, well, thank you so much, Mike. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, again, my name is Gabriella Bell. I'm the founder of Organized Q. You can find us at organizedq.com. And uh, we're on all the social media channels. We're always looking for, for new great people to, to work with. And, um, and then on the flip side, we're also always looking for great people to join our team who are in need of flexible remote work. So, Mike, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This was great and happy to connect um, with anybody that, um, you know, might need to talk or, or want to 
expand on some of these ideas more. Awesome. And for our listeners out there, do us a favor and subscribe to The Transition on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever your listening service you're using today. We'd greatly appreciate it if you left us a review and shared this podcast with someone in your network who you feel can benefit from the information. If you want to get plugged into the Bunker Lab ecosystem, visit www.bunkerlabs.org, select the city nearest to you, sign up for a local newsletter, and attend one of our in-person or virtual networking events. It's that simple. From there, you'll get connected at Bunker Online, where you can learn about our many different programs to support your entrepreneurial journey. We have programs that'll take you from idea to invoice, incubate you, and position you to grow alongside other founders and CEOs. Register today by clicking connect at bunkerlabs.org. Gabby, thanks again for joining us. Until next time, everyone, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week. Bye.